First thing I'd like to do before we get started is welcome everybody here, and then I want to ask all the commissioners if they're in a good mood this morning. Are you? Are you in a good mood? It depends. You mean by good mood? <laughs> do I have a motion? Move we open. Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Uh, all opposed? Motion carries the name. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Honor the Texas flag. Pledge allegiance to the Texas, one state under God, one indivisible. Our God and Creator, thank you for another beautiful day in Fayette County, another day of precious life for all of us here today. I ask that you continue to give us the wisdom, integrity, courage, knowledge, experience to make the decisions today that are in the best interest of those who have entrusted us in this office. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> I want to commend the Commissioner of Precinct 4. That was a mighty nice picture of him in the paper. <laughs> kicking off the holiday season. And big smile and joyous looking. Be in the spirit. Oh, okay. All right. Good morning. Agenda item number one is to consider and take appropriate action approving the minutes from previous meetings uh, that the county clerk has shared with us electronically. We appreciate it. So do I have a motion? I move we approve the November 23rd regular meeting minutes. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Good, we are good. Okay, Agenda item two, open public comments, petitions, requests, or statements by the public. Anybody here? Yes, Sally, please. I just well, want to take a moment. Uh, I wanted to thank you. I've got a little gift for the commissioners. Please family. introduce yourself. So uh, some in here may not know may not how know important you are to our uh, community. Okay. I'm the Fayette County Extension Agent for Family and Community Health. And I just wanted to, because the court supports us uh, with our budget and with our salary, but I wanted to thank you, I've got a little gift there, uh, the vanilla extract, and that is something we demonstrated at one of our food preservation classes over the past year. But it's just a little, little thank you. You want to let it kind of seep a little bit longer and then it can be used. Don't drink it. <laughs> it is, uh, it's very potent. But I also wanted to just kind of uh, give you an update on something we have planned for 2023. Uh, it's the agents, family and community health agents from uh, Fayette, Washington, Austin, and Colorado County. And we are partnering with the specialists from Parks and Wildlife Department, and it's called Field to Fork. And it's going to be a series, one of the series, in fact, in the 
April 21st, we will be holding here in Fayette County. We're moving at Tavern County, and we're just really excited about this opportunity. We're also working with our Food Safety Department, Texas A&M Everlife Extension. So um, we just, if you have the opportunity, come. But we will be advertising, you'll see it, and uh, we're getting a lot of support. We're excited about it. And that's really what I have to say. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Anyone else? Mr. <clears throat> happy like you're still alive. <laughs> okay. Do I have a motion? I move we accept comments from Ms. Garrett and close public comment. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Consider take appropriate action in appointing Dan Miller as a representative of the Cavalier <coughs> Council of Governments General Assembly. Uh, this is something we have to do. <clears throat> as he assumes duties as county judge, uh, he will. I've talked to Judge Miller, and he's will. Thanks, Sally. He's uh, will to uh, willing to to take my place on the executive committee of the Capillary Council of Governments. <coughs> I will recommend you take our place. They'll vote on it in executive session, but I think he's got to be elected to the General Assembly first, or join the General Assembly first, <coughs> and this will allow him to do that. And. Uh, We'll get this sent on to CAPCOG, and uh, CAPCOG is very important. Uh, and I, I've expressed this to Judge that uh, you got to be at the table because if you're not at the table with those ten counties, guess what? The small county way away from the capital is. It's Fayette, and you've got to be at the table watching them. So, and he knows that he's willing to take that on. But this is just some administrative that we've got to do. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cassie. No, 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 no. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I remember. I do agree point Dan Miller as a representative of the Capillary Council of Governments General Assembly. Second. Second. Any further discussion? <coughs> in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item four, consider take appropriate action concerning the application from Madam Mayor requesting the division of real property located in Precinct 2. Good morning, Commissioners. This application is for a tract of land on Andreas Road. Uh, all the proposed tracts will have public road frontage and meet all the requirements of our subdivision regulations. Okay. I move that we approve the application for Madam Mayor requesting the division of real property in Precinct 2. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item five, uh, no, is to hear a monthly report from Clinton Auto, our county inspector, and office development permitting. Mr. Sternauto. So pretty uneventful report for November. Uh, septic permits issued were 17 new permits compared to 27 the previous month. We had 25 new inspections, 14 new development permits, down from 26 the previous month in October and five divisions of property. So fairly slow, but kind of what we would expect coming into the end of the year and the holiday season uh, based on our past history. Uh, just a quick recap, where we stand now, uh, as somewhat of an estimate for construction activity and development in the county. Uh, we have issued 328 new septic permits for the year 22 so far. Uh, we 
last year as a total we were at 284. So significant jump over last year. <clears throat> does that take into account the West Plains? It does. So that's a little 30 or so right there. So. Where's, where are we at on the West Plains? We're down to the final four and the tanks have been ordered. So they should be in any time. What's the due date? Tomorrow. Tomorrow? <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hope everything goes great, man. Hope so. Awesome. I move we accept the report from Clifton Arnold County Inspector in Office of Development and Permit. Sir, second. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? <coughs> Motion carries unanimously. Okay, agenda item six is discussion concerning <coughs> our Fayette County flood damage prevention regulations. So what I'd like to do is I think we have a county resident and constituent here who has filled out. Is that right to be able to comment on us? Correct, county clerk, have we got a... Um, for Mr. Yes, Wilson? yes, yes. Since he's on the agenda and it's... I, I, no, he has to. It, he, we, he needs to fill out paper to, to just have him do this. I know it's yeah. bureaucratic, but just do that. Yeah, we have this discussion. And then he can, yeah. <laughs> More big government. I know. <laughs> Even here in Bay County. Okay. Uh, Clint, do you want to begin this by just making a few comments? I know we've discussed this several times before at the request, I think, of one of our county residents who's here with us today. We put it back on the agenda item, and uh, but I'd like to you, if you just want to start it off by giving it, refreshing us a little bit here. Sure. Uh, in 2017, <coughs> the county revamped and changed up their flood damage prevention regulations. Uh, so this applies to all new construction and development in the county. 90% of the clients we encounter with this are building new homes, um, remodeling existing structures, things of that nature. Uh, the kind of process for a county resident is you would come to our office, fill out an application, and let us know what you're doing. Are you digging a pond, building a new house? What's your kind of scope of work? And depending on which flood hazard zone you're in, uh, you get a permit from the county. Permits for what in our world is called Zone X. That's everything outside of the floodplain. As long as your scope of work is outside the floodplain, name and address type application, $20 and you're out the door. If the project is in the 100 year flood zone, so Zone A or AE in the floodplain world, there's a whole gamut of other regulations that then apply, uh, whether you're elevating or moving dirt around. And so then we would tell you based on your scope of work what else is required and those permits are a hundred dollars okay commissioner burns well you could mention this why do we do it <clears throat> sure so a lot it's of safety. safety why do we do it and why a lot of it, it? sure it's um state requirement. It's in the, I'm going to butcher the name, uh, Flood Control and Insurance Act uh, that allows the county to do it, but it is funding related. So in the event we get another Harvey and uh, kind of like your comment about being at the table, if we're participating in this program, it makes the county eligible for lots of funding opportunities to you know, 
when we had houses washed out, if we were compliant in the program's eyes, uh, you know, we're at the top of the list for being eligible for relief funding. And the other issue, other thing is the National Flood Insurance Program. If we don't keep these regulations going, that will go away in our in our area, which would be the unincorporated part of Fayette County. Correct. Which would affect lots of people and lots of financial institutions because there's a lot of properties that are that are being insured, and that's the only place they'll insure it in the case of a big flood. Correct. Um, I'm going to thank y'all for putting this on the agenda. Um, I want to say, I, pretty much what he said was accurate. I agree with what he said. Um, it's a matter of compliance. The county has to comply with this program. Um, I am not advocating for the elimination of the regulations. They don't like the way they have been expanded beyond the scope outlined by the state. And I, I've got, so let me tell you what, I, what I've given you here. The yellow highlights are the differences between the state model, apparently Fayette County chose model D in that list, and our regulations are most similar <coughs> to the state model D. And what you see highlighted in yellow are all the differences. So I went through this document line by line, character by character, looking programmatically. I didn't do it physically. And identified all the differences, and then I numbered them so that as I go through them, we can kind of talk about it. But anything in yellow here is something that the county added, and it could be edited or removed. Anything that's white is minimum, minimally required by the state and cannot be altered unless you want to risk it, your changes being rejected by the state. So um, I have a lot of make, <coughs> but I'm going to try and focus the bulk of my comments on one singular issue, and that's the expansion of this to the entire county. And the reason why it matters, I, I look around my property, <clears throat> let me back up just a minute here, they apply the permitting application <clears throat> countywide. So when you read the regulations in their totality, they're reasonable when you apply them to a flood zone. But when you try and broaden <clears throat> the scope to countywide, all of a sudden all these definitions don't make sense. And just as an example, the way they have development defined, and I'm assuming these regulations go back beyond 2017. So I don't remember getting a permit for my garage. Um, I've got three chicken coops that I know never had permits, and I know one, at least two of them were built since 2017. My wife's garden includes fill material, and according to these regulations, my wife's fabulous garden is a non-conforming development because she brought in fill material, put up a fence, brought in fill material to divert flooding from the garden, built a fence, and because she didn't get a permit, her garden is non-conforming. And so, Whatever you think about the reasonableness of these regulations and the necessity to regulate the flood zone, you can't then turn around and apply the application system to the entire county. You can't require me to get a, even a $20 permit to plant a garden. It just, you can't do that. And we can go on and on and on about legal justification for these things. The basis for regulating activity in the flood zone comes from the common law. You, the common law principle that you can't do something on your property that adversely affects your neighbor's drainage. 
It's common law. It doesn't come from the national program. It doesn't come from the state program. It's common law. And then so they statutize it, and they put regulations down that are supposed to conform with the common law. And if you take out the expansion to countywide, these regulations are sensible. And I wouldn't argue that they're unlawful. But when you expand them so broadly and dramatically as so as to include all human activity in the county requires a permit. It's only 20 bucks. It's an exemption permit. Well, if it's an exemption permit, you ought not need a permit. And then I don't need to come to you every time I want to build a little cross fencing. Pay 20 bucks. If it was a dollar, it would be too much. If you're worried about enforcement, how many code enforcement officers would you need traveling around the county looking for all the man-made changes to real estate that didn't get a permit first? And it's, it's, I'm not opposed to regulating, even regulating heavily in the flood zones. And I'm, some of these I really like. But you can't apply <coughs> these same things outside the flood zone and, and then say, well, you got to have a permit. We'll let you do it. We can't stop you, but you got to have a permit first. You, you can't require my permission to build a garden. I'm sorry, I just, that's never going to happen. I, I refuse to get a permit for any of my chicken coops in the High and Bright area. I refuse to get a permit for the garden. County judge could effectively nullify this because they're Class C misdemeanors. All you have to do is refuse to convict anybody, and you can make it go away. But let's make sure our paper. And you also get a $500. Fine. Yeah, yeah. So let's <laughs> let's fund the government, Fayette County government, Alex Jones style, on my back because I refuse to get permits for the garden. And a hundred dollars a day, the way these regulations read, and the state code doesn't say that. Mm -hmm. Fayette County added that. The five hundred dollar a day penalty, the state code says it's just five hundred dollars. It doesn't say five hundred per day. Fayette County added that. So charge me five hundred dollars a day for the criminal stuff, and hundred dollars, and then I'll just you know, fund Fayette County for the next 25 years. Hey, I don't know what else to say. So I, I, what I would like to do is to go through these and point out some of the obvious places where it was expanded, in my opinion, in an unreasonable fashion. And the whole time be thinking about <coughs> garden and their garden things. So again, Model D, and this is available on my website if anybody wants to be able to see it later. Um, I don't, you know, I'm, Would you go back just real quickly? Yes. Uh, the stuff in white is stuff that has to be in there. Is that you said? Yes. The stuff and then the stuff in yellow is stuff that the, the way it works added. is the state puts the minimum. You <coughs> have to have right. this stuff, and that's what's white. And that's what's white in our that you've left in. And it, there are some subtle changes that I didn't change okay. to yellow, gotcha. but they weren't gotcha. significant changes. Gotcha. They were style okay. changes. So all I'm really looking at is the yellow stuff. And you need to know the white stuff for context. But um, first thing we'll look at number five. Well, why are you more concerned about number one if you're going to name all these? I mean, I'm just naming number the changes. I mean, but I mean, yeah. No, they just had it. Just clearly more defines what we're trying to do. Over over time, as you go through here, you're going to see a pattern. And I'm not I'm not I'm not question, suggesting we remove that. I'm just highlighting the differences is all I'm doing. So and I'm not complaining about number two, one. The reason that's in there. I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying it's different. Two to three feet, which was done in the previous, that affects everybody's flood insurance premiums mm -hmm. because you're building further out of the floodplain to basically mitigate further losses. I'm not complaining about any of those items. 
Yeah. First one I'm looking at is number five. Okay. And it's prior, let's see, approval by the county required prior to conducting development activities in the unincorporated areas of the county. Approval required by the county before conducting development activities. And again, development is just about all human activity. Prior to any development within the unincorporated areas, an application for development must be submitted to the office. What plan administrator? So any activity, any development, and go look at the definition of development, it's ridiculous. It's way too broad for applying to the whole town. Seven, oh, that's not an issue. Eight, eight and okay, nine. Could I, could I ask a question yes. on that? How would you like that? How would you prefer that to be worded? Uh, I'm, I don't know that I can't really make suggestions at this time because it's a complex thing. And if you're going to change this, you're going to have to rewrite certain <coughs> sections of the entire ordinance. Everywhere it's mentioned, there might be five or six places you'd have to look at. Well, for this specific thing, though, approved effect kind of required to conduct development activities. Would you prefer that we be more specific in defining what a development activity is? That, that's a state definition, and I would, but I don't know if they'll let us solve what, what, what would you say? The, the, the definition of development is from the state. That's what the state says development is. That's what the state defines development in this capacity as. What? 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 Which is what exactly we have how we have it worded. Development activities, but it should be. If you go to like a little further, they have the definitions. Yeah, we're going right. to come to the to definitions. Well, I'd like, before you jump off five, then I'd like to go to that. I, I'm just trying to. So on page. It's on page six, number to end. I don't know what development activities are. Development means any man made change to improve and unimproved real estate, including but not limited to buildings or other structures, mining, dredging, filling, grading, paving, excavation, or drilling operations, or storage of equipment or materials. And that's the state definition. Yeah. But we've used that in Fayette County required prior to conducting development activities. In the incorporated areas, so that whole number five is something that we have added. Yeah, and we're going to come to the permitting process in a minute. Yeah. Okay. So this, to me, this section is kind of superfluous. I don't think it really adds anything. I mean, you, you got to get approval. And the way I would change all these things, <laughs> instead of uh, applying it to the countywide, I would restrict everything to areas prone to flooding because when you look at the national program, when you look at the state program, when you look at the code of federal regulations, which I did, it everything points to areas prone to flooding, every regulation, every definition. And when you read it, all that stuff is reasonable when you limit it to the areas prone to flooding. The second you try and apply these regulations outside those flood prone areas, then it breaks down and that's where it becomes unreasonable. So the way I would make fix all of these is remove references to countywide permitting and require only permitting in the areas that are affected by affected by flooding and maybe nearby areas. When, That's when, only five percent. When people buy property, do the real estate agents or tell them that what is whether it's in the floodplain or whether parts of it are in the floodplain 
Are the are the buyers not aware of that? They're supposed to. I have had a few people come in saying they were not aware of their property. Not always. And you don't have to. You don't have to go through real estate yeah. or even inherited the property. Yeah. There's a lot of scenarios you can't just say and, real estate. Is. Yeah. And I do have some ideas related to enforcement and notice to the public. But All right. We'll go ahead, Dean. But I, but I mean, I just want to. There's a couple other places in here, and we need to get the penalties in particular. But I'll move on. The appeals board, you know, I don't care about that. I'm looking on page. Um, uh, items number eight and nine. So this is the definition for a special flood hazard area. And this is kind of important. That middle paragraph there, they add the blue lines on the USGS quad map. So, and this is, this goes back for a long time. So the USGS mapped the entire country and have these maps they call the quadrangle maps. And I don't remember the last time they updated them. It was probably in the eighties, but they, they're the topo maps that you see everywhere. And they have contours, and they have pipelines and roads, and uh, creeks. They show all the water boundaries, and so that's a that's like the most complete source for creeks. And so what they're saying is there's been no studies in any of those areas, but we know that they're prone to flooding, and so by default they have included all blue lines on that map, which is basically all the creeks in the county including a 100 foot, 50 foot buffer on either side. So that's a major expansion. I'm not opposed to that necessarily, but it's a major expansion because the, the program puts out maps with the flood zones. There's only three zones in this county, two zones in this county, A and AE. X is not a flood zone. It's the absence of a flood zone. So there's only A and AE. AE is a, when an elevation has been determined, those only exist on the Colorado River. It's the only place that's where there's been a detailed flood study. Everything else in the county is Zone A. You can't even get a base flood elevation in a Zone A. All these creeks, the blue lines, those are all Zone A's. They would be. And you can't get a base flood elevation. So you're going to see a lot in here that H&H study that's required. you have any idea how much that costs and how long? I mean, you can't do nothing without doing an H&H study if you've got a little water course that's within 150 feet of your property. The creek doesn't even have to be on your property. It could be a little trail over here. If it's a blue line on that map, then there's a 150-foot buffer that could touch my property. Now, I've seen here I'm supposed to throw that on a survey. How do I get permission to go to the neighbor's property to survey their creek? How do I? Does this mean I have to now survey every creek in the county when I do something and show the 150-foot buffer? Because the, the regulations say you got to show the flood zones on the map. Well, the flood zones put out by FEMA are easy. I can download those in a digital file. Dawn's got them. They're probably available online. I can get the shape file so I can load it digitally. And then I can overlay that file on my <laughs> surveys and I can tell you exactly where every flood line is in the county. Except for these blue lines, of course, because I can't. So it's very easy for me to plot flood zones when it's a zone A or a zone AE and it's on that map. It's not easy for me to plot flood zones if I have to plot all the ones along the blue creeks. So you see, it's, I mean, I'm looking at rules and process. So I'm looking at this, I'm saying, well, I'm, I'm not in compliance, and this is going to cost me a lot of work, and I'm looking at the cost of the developer. Not all developers are big, you know, sophisticated developers are going to develop humongous subdivisions. A lot of them are families trying to develop for their children and, and to give, uh, you know, land, you know, the family members, the estates and stuff. You're going to require them to get a flood study because of, a blue line crosses their property? Just because it's a... I mean, I, this, is a, this is not a question we can answer today, but I'm trying to point out. 
all the issues I see. So I mean, I'm going to keep going. I mean, that's just an expansion. Most of the definitions are not that regulatory floodway. Go read that definition. That entire thing is added. And it's, and it's done in number 12. Item PP, definition PP, which is mine number 12. Okay. And everything they changed was in a way to expand their scope and to get into more nooks and crannies. They overturned every rock. You can't do nothing. And I, I'm a witness to prior government officials and their enforcement of these regulations. I've heard the words myself. These are ugly, and they were enforced in an ugly manner. The way they, the intent is laid out here, it's not a reasonable intent like you guys described. It's ugly. And because they go, you can't do anything without the floodplain administrator's permission. And it says it repeatedly throughout the ordinance. The intent of the writers is very clear. Again, the state stuff is reasonable. County stuff, I could argue all day long. Lands to which the regulations apply. Look at number 13. The state requires one line, two lines, and the county put a paragraph, and it's all superfluous. Establishment of, uh, they mentioned the development permitting system. <coughs> totally added. For all development within the jurisdiction of Fayette County, all development within, will for, without first securing a permit is prohibited. It's clear, and, and again, the application for the permit includes fences. So if you're going to build a fence in a flood zone, and, and I can understand if you build a fancy fence and it catches material, that could have the effect of flooding your neighbor. Okay, but not my wife's garden fence in the high and dry area. That's not reasonable. I can understand permitting a fence where it actually goes in the flood zone. Um, who cares? Because, you know, some of the stuff I just... I, I wouldn't have done it this way. No, that's, that's, the time. Yeah, that's why we got this on the agenda here. Yeah. No, I mean, I, wait, my, one example, and that's before, it was when we, our previous flood manager was here, or Ms. Kerrigan, uh, a fence had washed <laughs> down, didn't allow the guy to repeal his fence until he got a permit. That's unreasonable. I mean, the flood washed his fence down, said, you cannot put that fence back up. He said, how do I keep my calendar? There, there are some, I, and I agree, this probably this needs to be revisited again, but I agree with, with that. She told him no. But it wasn't anybody that works in the county anymore. But that was unreasonable. And, what, and it was in the flood zone? It was. And all he was trying to do was put his fence back up, keep his cattle from getting to the neighbors. Yeah. He told him no until you get a permit. That's unreasonable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and, and I'm not as familiar with the process they have to go. I mean, mm. so I'm not really arguing against the process. I, I'm, it's a philosophical argument based on this, and that's really all it is. And permits, you know, I, I don't think you can require a permit if it's exempt. If you're exempt from the law, you can require a permit. I mean, if you're exempt, you're exempt. So if you're in a zone X, why are you requiring a permit? Well, how do you know if you're in a zone X? Well, the county should put their map online, and you should send letters to everybody in the county. And if you, if you do it, if you, if you check the database for all property owners in the flood zone, it's, it's only like 5% of the properties in the county. So the county sent them direct mailers. I, I, I can't tell you what to do to make uh, improve awareness, but you can't permit all human activities because some people don't know better than to check the flood regulations before they build. Just my opinion. But um, if you took, you know, I'm looking at the, as the permits. You took this section out, I couldn't argue. 
I mean, and, and, it's, and it just it goes on. There's more. You know, just look at all the yellow areas, and you, you'll get to see a pattern here, and you can tell they want to heavily regulate all activity. And you know, the three-foot rule, I, I'm not even, I'm not even arguing that. So on the fence, I mean, do you want to take that out of the regulation, fencing? No, I'm not suggesting that. I, I, I and the more I study this, because I mean, I can kind of tell you why it's in there. Because if somebody has a privacy fence, puts it in footlight, oh, yeah. it can yeah. be I've already stipulated that. Well, once again, I mean, you say put it on, on the website. That's great. Is that going to reach everybody? It's not my responsibility. I know it's ours. It's ours <laughs> up here. It's, and that's what we're trying to do. It's we're not trying to make sure people <laughs> when, when I'm trying to do uh, exercise my natural rights in my private domain, I shouldn't have to come to you for permission, and it's not my job to make your job easier. So just because you it's feel not like our job easier, it's making us more complex. No, no. How does when you've currently got it applying to 100% of the county? I'm suggesting it needs to be applied to 5% of the county, the flood-prone areas. That makes it less complex. Nobody's. He was. He was asking about the permitting process. So apparently, there's a massive non-compliance issue because. He, he's, he's complaining about it. So how many code enforcement officers are you gonna hire to go around the county and watch every little man-made change to real estate and make sure it's been permitted? I don't care if it's 20 bucks or a dollar. Do you think every every permit in a incorporated city is getting applied for? No, and I, because you know how many, that's, that's you know the how city. cities have their dictatorial I mean, power. You're, not, you're never gonna get 100% but you try to get compliance, and that's what we're trying to do here. By requiring me to get a permit for my garden in Plum, Texas. If you call right now and call Amber Clint and ask for a garden, do you have to get a permit? I would venture to say most likely to say you do not need that's one. That's not what this says. But are they requiring you to get one? I don't know. This says I have to permit a fence. I have a fence that's not permitted. Do you think that every barbed wire fence is permitted in the county? No, and that's exactly because my water point. Flows through it. What good is a regulation if you're not going to enforce it? If you're not going to go around and force all these people to get these permits that you require, why have it on there in the first place? But it's such a complex issue on what, I mean, we're broad in the description of development saying fencing, but it is an issue when it gets to a specific type of fence in a type of area. So the de definition, I mean, it's our definition for development is say, we looked at many counties in the past week. Every county around us, the definition of development is identical to ours. I'm not suggesting you change it. I'm simply suggesting you stop trying to apply that definition outside the flood zones because it's nonsensical outside the flood zone. All you want to do, it, if the county has has the authority to require a permit to prove whether or not you're in a flood zone, it doesn't come from these regulations and this law. You need to find another justification or write a different ordinance. You can't develop anything in this county before you prove whether or not it's in the flood zone. I don't know what to say, but these laws are not intended to cover the areas outside the flood zone. And I, I know everybody's reasonable. Here, but governments work off of paper. But also remember, 
at any given time, this can be changed way more strict than it is. Mm -hmm. After we're gone, mm -hmm. out of here, it could change. I mean, as long as the court votes on it, mm -hmm. it could be changed. So I mean, we can make this less strict, and then two weeks later, it could be That's right. five times more. I mean, yeah, depending on what the next court does. And I'm not, and I'm not suggesting we do anything rapidly on this either. I, I'm, I'm trying to start the dialogue. So I'm not suggesting rapid movement, but if I, 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 and the thing is too, is, I mean, I don't, we've had these in place since 2017, this actually specific one. I haven't heard many complaints. I just people on country club. Everybody says it's very easy. Well, but the people on country club, that was a little different. You're right. Because that was a federal law, which states that if you have more than substantial damage, which is defined in here, I know. I know. more than 50%, then, and it's actually, it, goes, it should go on to say that 50% is when in an aggregate of 10 years. So if you get multiple flooding events, you get 20% one year, you get 40% three years later, that's more than your 50% in aggregate. I don't think it's defined in here, but that is FEMA's regulations. I'm just saying. So when can I expect Mr. Ranch to head out to Plum and issue a citation for that garden fence that I'm not gonna burn out? So I'll speak to that a little bit. Um, how the county has been applying it, and what's in ours, to step back a lot of why we, in my opinion, apply it countywide into lands outside of the special flood hazard area is because as fast as real estate changes hands in the county and is divided, us tracking down landowners and sending out mailers and notifications is an impossible task. So, at current, we do have the entire ordinance applying to all lands of Fayette County. And part of that is they come to the floodplain administrator to get a permit. And in general provisions, it says the administrator may issue a flood hazard area permit for that development. She may, she doesn't have to issue a permit for each one. If your wife comes and says, I'm building a garden, a chicken coop, it is a floodplain administrator's discretion what to permit. I'd like to see that in writing. It says in section 3.01 that the floodplain administrator may issue for that permit. No, um, I mean, I'd like to see, I'd like to see what they may per, uh, not require a permit for in writing. The types of things that she sure. could say, you don't need a permit for that. But can we put that in writing? So they that's why, that on that's the why I asked the question, <coughs> what do you mean by <coughs> you start development? I was going to say that if you go ahead and you try to change everything to all the provisions that you want to have or all the exemptions and everything, I mean, this thing's going to be like a freaking encyclopedia. I mean, there's some things I think that you need to keep a little more vague to where, it, not vague, to where it covers more bases to where it's up to their discretion. And if there is a problem, then you come to commissioner's court and then we have to have the overall say-so over it. But... I think that, I mean, you cannot put every little nitpicky thing in here because it's just going to be overwhelming. And just think right now, how many people do you think actually come and read this? No. So if you make this I, I three or four times, so if you make this three or four times longer, who's going to read it? I, I'm not. I'm not proposing that at all. Well, that's what I'm saying. If it, I change, if I change it, it's going to be shorter. Well, you're saying to add all these other provisions no, and all these other no. situations in there too. No. All I'm showing is what's different from what the state requires and what the county elected. I'm not suggesting you take all that stuff out. I'm not suggesting you change all that stuff. I'm just simply noting the differences. 
because it's instructive to look at what the county added to see what they were thinking when they were adding these things. I mean, the state put out the requirement, but you gotta realize that state requirement, every, there's 254 counties, and how many city, incorporated cities are there? I mean, everybody's gonna be different. So they put the minimum requirements. Exactly. And everybody is gonna be different. West Texas is gonna be different than the East Texas. I'm not complaining that ours is <coughs> different from the state or different from other places. It's simple. I don't believe they can apply it countywide. I think that is unreasonable to apply the flood zone regulations countywide. <clears throat> whatever it has to, in my opinion, what I'm recommending <clears throat> is the minimum amount of changes that are required to address that issue. It's not to touch every yellow thing that's on this paper. Well, and I'm not asking y'all to make this decision. No, I know, but, but I tend to, you know, understand what you're saying here, but again, how do people know, how do we people know that their stuff's in the floodplain or they're going to be operating in a floodway when they do something? How do they know? You'll look at the maps. Most, most surveys show flood floodplains. Most surveys do. Do they do that? Does any, everybody any do that? Any survey that requires financing is required to show the flood zones. I believe we have even had some lawyers throughout the days that don't even know if they're in the floodplain or not. And so that's, that's been the county's opinion or angle is that if we require everyone come get a permit and then leave the discretion of is a garden permitted, is a fence permitted, instead of trying to line item. Okay, so permits. in the last, or at least in the four years I've been here, how many garden permits have you issued? How many uh, chicken coop permits fence, have you fences? entered? How many fence permits have you entered? We have so, his point though, right. you are very reasonable. Right. This commissioner court's very reasonable. What if someday somebody's in your position who's not very reasonable? If someone in this position is unreasonable and they uh, use one of these worst case scenarios and the floodplain administrator is, has some crazy regulation on your garden, in section four, the variance procedures, that an appeal board should make recommendations to the commissioner's court when there is an alleged error in the requirement, decision, or determination made by the floodplain administrator. So in the situation where a property owner has a grievance and finds it unreasonable, the actions or the justification of the floodplain manager, it then is appealed to the commissioner's court. And if the property owner still feels the commissioner's court is being unreasonable, under item C, they can appeal that to a court of competent jurisdiction above the commissioner's court. It's a lot of work for a garden. Or a fence, garden fence. I mean, I just don't know what the paper says. And, you know, as a citizen, I go read the regulations, so I download it and I read it. And so I'm reading what it says here. Okay, so in order, a matter of time here, I think I want to give everybody time to comment on this, but. What, where should we, where would, where would you like to see the commissioner's court in the county go from here? You've already told us, well, I don't want, you know, I'm not telling yeah. you today we have to change everything. Right. But what, what, what would you like to what, see? What happen? I would like to see is a version of these, which I would do, a version of these regulations that only make that one change, which would be to change it to remove the countywide application and more, in my opinion, properly restrict the scope to the flood prone areas that might not be a major change. It'll have to be made in several places, 
It may not be a really complex change, but I don't know until you actually go sit. I haven't tried to make any changes yet. All I've looked at is the differences. I mean, look at the penalties. Yeah, if, I the think state doesn't, if the state doesn't, doesn't provide for a civil penalty, that's just added. Would it be safe to say, uh, or I don't know, and I'm not trying to, you know, these, this, this all happened after a pretty disastrous flood. Right before, right before it, I guess. Yeah, but but, but, they, but they, they've been there's been regulations here before that. The last time it was really <coughs> revamped was in seven. But was anything changed after the flood? Okay, so so coincidentally, this came out right before the flood, a month before. What drove the county to the biggest change? Come up with at this. that time was going from the you had to elevate from two feet to three feet above Facebook. But, but what, and what drove us to do that? Did, did the emergency management, previous emergency management and flood plant coordinator and flood plane director? She was, she was pushing for was cheaper, pushing. cheaper insurance. Cheaper insurance. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's safe to say then that this may have been made, I want to say, uh, aggressively, but maybe... Uh, in a way, partially in a way, I don't know. It, it was, it was a three to two vote. It was not unanimous by all the commissioners. Yeah, right. oh, it was, it was a, I think it was a three to two vote. It was, yeah. Judge Ed broke the tie. Mm -hmm. So we weren't all in agreement on and going for the two to three foot. Yeah, but I, I think, yeah. And, and we were, you know, our, our county attorney was very, he, he brought all, you know, it was it was well put together. We just all didn't agree on going from three if, to two. If I remember and, correctly, there was a lot of floodplain violations going on. And just things needed to be revamped at the time. Mm -hmm. I think it's worth noting that in the worst flood we ever had, some things obviously went right because no one died. And if you look at the difference between what happens in America or Fayette County versus a third world country or even a major metropolitan city, is that these regulations do prevent death. They don't always prevent yeah, property loss and everything else. He's not, he's, right. he has stated, I'm not telling you to get rid of the regulations. He's, he's not, I he's, like a lot of what's in here. The, the, the stuff that really would prevent you know, loss of life, but again, I kind of agree with you. Why do you have laws you're not willing to enforce? Right. Uh, and, you know, that's the problem today uh, in our country. And maybe we, maybe we need to just relook it to see if we can make it more simpler. I know we were, the intent was to try to look out for everybody that owns property in the county and buys property in the county, but um, I kind of agree too that if we're covered with the state minimum for our insurance and stuff, what are we trying to do? You know, if that's good enough, what, what, are, we, what are we trying to do? If we've got the insurance covered and we've taken care of the people so they're not getting killed, Anything above that? What are we? What are we trying to do? We're trying to make sure people are in compliance, compliance. and we're trying to make people. But if they're in compliance, if they're not in compliance, we need to enforce. Yeah. But here's the, here's here's compliance. where it runs into. And yes, it is. I'm going to say it is everybody paying for this. Somebody built a house in the floodplain. They get it all going. Their sheetrock in, got electricity, everything in there. They call and get their septic. Oh, they're in the floodplain. What do you do? You know, uh, and you say it's their fault, but that's all we're trying to prevent. But we're not we're not charging much money to do that. It's very minimal. That's their problem. Not but money. now it becomes our problem because they built in the floodplain. Why does it become our problem? Because, because they violated problem. the floodplain regulations. So we need to find so, them for that, right? Well, you actually technically you'll have to make 
They can do something on the You, you can grant the variance or. Yeah. No, yeah. you can't grant the variance. No, oh, the no they, have to, they have to remove the house. So, so can you grant the variance? Yes, go ahead. It's, it would be my opinion. I won't say the whole county's opinion, but it would be my opinion that the way we handle it now, kind of off that example, we're catching a lot more instead of having to have all the code enforcement do the work after the fact. And you have a new county resident or existing that has now built their forever home with all the money they have in a floodplain, and we're going to start fighting them per day, holding their feet to the fire, and they can't even afford to move their house now. But if we required the permit countywide, they would have came in, talked to the floodplain administrator, and said, I'd like to build my house right here on the creek. She would have made them aware of the situation, and moving that house 10 feet now saved them hundreds of thousands of dollars just with the awareness by requiring it countywide. And how many times have you got to run into that? Or somebody? Like a whole, whole lot. Just recently. Uh, yeah, just just less than three or four weeks ago. It yes. happened out there on Three Mile Road. They moved it, what, seven or nine seven miles? Feet. Seven feet. They had to move it for that exact reason. He would have built his forever house. It was a beautiful property and a, a pretty gentle sloping down to a creek. And had he built his house there, it would have cost him a whole lot of money and a lot of time and effort on our part, the county's attorneys, the justice pieces <coughs> to prosecute him for that. When he doesn't want to get fined, I don't want to waste my time fining him if by requiring it countywide, we made him aware, moved his corner seven feet, problem solved. Well, what if we put it, could it be worded to where it only affects uh, residents? A resident structure? No, because it has That's a different <coughs> structure. That's yeah. a different. But most uh, barns that are three sided are okay. There's, there's okay. permits for out exempt for, for residential structures and then other residential structures, I think, if I remember. No. Okay. And anybody ever heard of a, you know, you hear these on the internet from time to time, some family being charged $1,000 a day fine for having a garden in their front yard because they're in a city or something where they've got zoning ordinances and they didn't know you couldn't have a garden in the front yard. I'm just saying, it, there, there are some jurisdictions, I'm not, I'm not suggesting this would ever happen here, but just saying it happens, where they $1,000 a day fine and it makes you know they're trying to mortgage a guy's house. As long as I've been here, the county has uh, one time uh, levied legal action against a person for violating the floodplain ordinance. And it was when we had a oil company uh, that came in and were doing some dirt work through a floodplain area. We first reached out to them, sent them a notice of violation and said, hey, you're not from here. You're probably not aware we have these permits you need to comply with. And they said, time is money and send us the fee in the mail. We got work to do. And so it burned up a lot of county personnel time to do it. And they paid a very heavy fine you know, and that's uh, there's a lot of folks that are willing to pay the fine if it's it's in there for the worst case scenario. Uh, the fines sound big and ugly, and they are both in the uh, in the state act. And, right, and so if there was some situation where the floodplain administrator felt that there was a compliance issue that needed legal action, we file that with the justice of the peace as a formal complaint, and then it's up to the county attorney to decide do they just need 30 days to get compliant does he need to just give them a fine per day have they committed something that justifies that fine maximum fine per day that's that's at the discretion of the county attorney uh, that is not the 
floodplain administrator's authority to stomp their feet and charge that fine. So there's a lot of checks and balances in this seemingly worst case system that we don't get to walk out and just be the judge and start slapping red tags on everything. Uh, there is a chain of command to keep all that in balance. Okay, uh, we got it. I think Hunter. Is there any other particular comments? I, I just I, I want to <coughs> just in closing, all I'll say is I I want it to be clear on these reg our county regulations that my wife's garden is not that it's in conformance. I, if anybody alleges that my wife's garden or the fence, and I don't, not anybody, if any paper alleges that, that I need a permit, then I'm going to fight this. So please work on it until my wife's garden is not a non-conforming development. Okay, I'm going home and knocking my garden. I, 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 got a, I got a garden too, you know, that I thought, a raised garden that I built, and I'm going to have to go to confession Saturday. Right? But thank y'all. Thank y'all for your time to this. Enlightening, and you know what? Yeah, let me just say this: uh, Isn't it great that we can sit here in Fayette County, Texas, and have a discussion like this about these kind of things? Because it wouldn't happen in Washington D.C., and that's really what's sad. And, and we've got so much to be thankful for living down here yeah, with the people we have. And you disagree? Sit here and have some civil discussions, and I appreciate that. Well, the other reason we're talking about this is because of federal regulations. <laughs> <laughs> No, reality. Okay. I move that we accept all comments concerning the Fayette County flood damage prevention regulations. Sir, second. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item number seven. Can we defer that? Uh, well, let me look at it. <laughs> I forgot what, what it was. What page is that? Yes. 38. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me see. Yeah, next one. Uh, report. Okay, John. Yeah, we will. He's not here. He is. He, his reports don't come in until today on the 7th. So, okay. we'll be on the next, next uh, week. I got you. We will defer that. Agenda item eight. Let's hear a report from Angela. So I move we defer item number seven to the Oh, you need to meeting. Meeting. Oh, I, I, is there a second? Second. All in favor? For the next committee report meeting. Motion carries your name. Agenda item eight. Now we hear a report from Angela Hahn, our grant, county grant specialist. Good morning. Uh, mm -hmm. On the buyout, you'll notice there's an agenda item on the buyout for the demo contractor, so I'm not going to discuss that. We'll get to that. I just did want to let you know about the JAWS 3 and 4 that we've been waiting six weeks for to get GLO to approve them. Uh, our grant manager had done her job and had approved it. It's been hanging out in their finance department. Well, apparently, Frank and Tyler got a hold of someone in the finance department, and the dates were entered incorrectly by GLO, so that's what the hang-up was. That's been corrected, and hopefully now we'll hear from them in the next day, week, or one to two days, three days since we have seen those draws come out. But those are the problems. So, um, so there's a new program out through GLO for, it's not new, it's been around, but uh, it's called the Resilient Communities Program. I just want to let y'all know about it. I don't know that it's anything that we want to necessarily uh, apply for. It's basically to allow 
kind of timely discussion here on building codes, uh, the, the uh, implementing, developing them, flood prevention, ordinances, all of those types of uh, discussions, comprehensive plans, uh, anything that looks to the future and would incorporate development it within the county to ensure that your community can withstand any possible future hazards. Uh, it'll cover, so there's funding available. They opened the program in June and it goes through 2028, 2028 uh, as a first come, first serve, um, $300,000 is the max. And basically what it would do is, say, okay, let's say y'all decide that you want to develop, uh, to develop a comprehensive plan that incorporates the hazard mitigation plan as we move forward with the, the growth in the county. That would allow us to use that up to $300,000 if we were engineering studies for consultants, whatever you wanted to do. So the money's available if y'all are interested in doing something like that. And I just want to let you know because it came, the information came to me last week. So it's just more of an FYI than is that the one that we get penalized 25 points for being in the state of Texas? No. No? Okay. The, the other correct one. No, this is, this is the jail and Oh, got it. Uh, so the other good news is the airport infrastructure, there, the uh, bipartisan law that was recently passed provides $15 billion for airport-related projects, including airport, uh, including runway <coughs> improvements. Deborah sent me the information and that Fayette County has been allocated $145,000 within that program and it's her proposal that we fix, use that to fix the home. Mm, she's, she's supposed to be sending me some more information but I'll work with her to get an application developed and sent to Textile so we can get that done. Mm -hmm. uh, and the only other thing is um, our uh, hazard mitigation plan, the uh, consultant is sent out, I believe, on maybe it was yesterday, an invitation to all the participants for a risk assessment workshop, which will be set January 4th at 2 at EMS. Um, it really is important that y'all as commissioners have your voice heard for the, what you see are risk within your precinct or the county as a whole. And I, Cassie and I have been talking about how we how we set this workshop up so that y'all can all be there or we can at least get your input through email or, or something so that your your voice is heard. We do, I, I would like you to be there, so I'm gonna have to talk with Blake about how we, because it's not necessarily a public meeting, but if y'all show up, we have to post it. So I'm gonna work with you. I think it's important that we all be there. It it's a very important meeting. Yeah, it is important. Uh, they have been, our consultants have been working pretty diligently with the school districts in particular uh, for the information that was required. Question, uh, questions like, you know, what do you see within your own district that you see as a risk that needs to be mitigated, things like, you know, so they have a better idea of a kind of assessment. Uh, so they reached out to them individually and they've gotten pretty good response back from all the people who have had a great participate. So it's moving forward. We're still within our time frame our timeline of getting it completed within a year's time frame. We have not been notified either on the generator grant or the drainage grant as to whether or not we're actually going to be funded, but they are still up under FEMA review. The longer they're there, the better chance we have of getting them. 
Is there a second? Good. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Aye. The motion carries unanimously. Agenda item nine discuss possibly take action on an local agreement with the city of Fayetteville to construct and operate a recycling center on city property located at 800 Columbus Hall Lane, Fayetteville, Texas. Good to see you, Mr. Judge. Judge. Soon to be judge. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning. So uh, we've been operating the recycling center in, at that location for years. Um, the other day at the uh, Capcom meeting, the Solid Waste Advisory Council was informed. Our committee was informed that we there's a possibility of us receiving um, approximately 200 to 240 thousand back to our committee, and we have to figure out some kind of way to disperse those funds. And we could use it for certain things like a tire cleanup. We just held or um, a household hazardous waste cleanup event, which we already have a program in the county for that. So um, what could we use this money for? And, and uh, that was part of it. The motion was made to divide this uh, between the 10 county region evenly, and it has to go to uh, TCEQ. This is all SWIP funds that we received back from the committee. And so we, have to, we would have to spend this by April, the end of April. And um, I propose that we uh, do something long-term and develop a recycling center, a little bit more permanent structure, put a cardboard baler or concrete slab, build a 20 by 30 building, something to grow into. This would be a, uh, you know, a master 30, 40 year plan. It's not just something like a cleanup event that happens one time, you spend $20,000 and next year you have the same problem. So um, in that, this is the first step and in the local agreement with the city of Fedville to, uh, we wanna be ready if the money is available, uh, we can, we have to have this agreement in place and how are we gonna disperse those funds and uh, get it all done by the end of April, so. The, the questions I would have is, is that where it's most needed? So we have- Is that where it's, we, we should put it? I mean, I'm sure you know. I, with the development on the north end of the county, we have one going in in Warrington right now that was on county land. Um, the next possible place for us to put it would be uh, Flatonia on county land. Well, we tried that a couple last year and they didn't want it. So uh, being that we are in operate out in Fayetteville, I approached the mayor and uh, to see if we could do that. and. And I think they're on board. We often so. Yeah, we offered it. We had a meeting with them, and our judge shot it down. I mean, our mayor. Our mayor shot it down. <laughs> mayor, what's your take on that? Melanie, you should write that. Well, uh, I went to Warrington. I, I like I saw y'all yesterday at Warrington. Uh, what they were doing there, and that looks fantastic. Great job. And uh, I saw what the Schulenberg uh, crew can do uh, on the building. It's amazing. And. Uh, we have a room for it, and uh, I have to, I'll take this to our council on Monday night, uh, whether we agree on the day, or if we agree today, on this local agreement. And uh, I think it'd be a great thing for us, but we are doing a lot more cardboard than we, it's amazing. I, I sometimes work out there uh, uh, just to be out there, and there's a lot of cardboard coming in. So, a lot of recycling done now more than before. So Mayor, you've changed your hat style. 
I've got a haircut, and uh, you know, I thought this would be more low profile than my Catholic hat. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good. Anyway, that's the story. Okay. Uh, what do you, are you looking for us to, I mean, do so we, could we, we prove? We drafted we? an interlocal agreement, and, I, and Blake did look at it. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if, uh, if you want to have them sign it first and we bring it back on the 22nd. I just, I, I wanted something for y'all to look at more than anything else. So the city council meeting is on the 19th, so they have not seen this yet. Or it's on Monday. Yes. The 12th. Either 12th. I mean, we can't prove it now. I mean, you get some, I know, it will, I'll bring it. Signature's going to be all done later. And I don't think we're agreeing to anything. We're just, this is an interlocal agreement between the, the county and the city. So, so if it's a possible, I mean, if yeah. we get to, the funds. It's an agreement to, put the, to operate it on their property if the funds come I want to commend you for fighting to get a, an even on the 10 way split. That's exactly why small rural counties have to be represented at these things because. They tend to, well, the bigger counties are going to need more and y'all need less, and that's not the way some of these phones ought to be. So you're absolutely right about having a presence at the, at the table. So uh, we had a quorum. There was there's 21 people on the uh, committee, and there was only 11, and it's mostly rural. There was a one rep, rep from the city of Austin. There was one from the uh, AISD and um, one from Travis County. And so they definitely outweighed us. <coughs> But um, they were actually, the Travis County reference was for splitting it evenly between the 10 counties. And uh, so your presence is definitely required to see them, and it's necessary. Okay. I would like to just comment that I, <clears throat> in the future, I would like to keep Platonia in mind, and it could be years from now, but we're going to work on the city of Platonia on trying to do something there. We own the property there. We just, you know, need to maybe approach them in a different direction. Uh, but Flytown is in need of some a better facility there too. But we tried. We sat down. Paul and Angela and I sat down, and they just were completely opposed to it. I think we need to just. You're gonna have to wait and reapproach it another day. But I know this funding doesn't always. It may be uh, two years before it comes again. But I think I'd like to. I, I do my part first and work on them, and then if I can get them to come to the table, then I'll go back to them and then we'll sit down with them again one day. But. You know, we've got to use the money when we have it, so that's the best place for it. But, but you are right about even that, even at our cars meeting, they want to get some funding for making a place for the buses, Jason, for the cars buses. And, uh, I, you know, if you're not there, you don't get, you, you're, they give the money to somebody else. So we're working on trying to get some funds for making a shed or making a more security, secure spot for the buses. So it is important to go to those meetings. Okay. Okay, I move that we approve interlocal agreement with the City of Fayetteville to construct and operate a recycling center on city property located at 800 Columbus Hall Lane in Fayetteville, Texas. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Agenda item 10 discuss and possibly take action to approve a resolution. To submit an application to CapCog Solid Waste Grant Program for the construction of a recycling center at 800 Columbus Hall Lane, Paper, Texas. Authorized County Judge, sign all necessary documents. This is a 
this is just we're kind of uh, preempting the it's contingent on them. It is contingent yeah. on them on what they do, but I want the resolution in place because it will move very quickly if the funds are approved. So we'll have it. We can send it to them and we can move on. Okay. I move we approve the resolution contingent on Fayetteville approving an local agreement on application to Capcom Solid Waste Grant Program. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 11 is to consider and take appropriate action on accepting all bids and or award bids for demolition work on properties associated with the Hurricane Harvey buyout program. We got two of them, right? Yes, sir. We received a bid from Straight Line, our local uh, dental contractor and campus abatement services. Uh, Harvey's got the, the uh, breakout of the details, so I'll let him handle So you've got it there in front of you. So one of the homes is on 858 Country Club Drive, mm -hmm. and the other home is on 841 River Drive, River Road. So um, we got the bids from two bids. The bids are for just dem demolition of the homes, and the one that says uh, where it says abatement, that's for if the home has a has asbestos in it. Mm -hmm. um, that's a, a separate cost for that. So on the first bids, we had um, on the um, on the 858 Country Club Drive, we had a bid for the straight demo for straight line for twenty six thousand eight hundred. Compass for $32,000. And then you'll see both of the bids there. So I move that we accept all the bids and we, we award the bid for 858 Country Club Drive demo to Straight Line Service LLC for $26,866. And then the, the 841 on demo on River Drive is going to have an abatement of asbestos with asbestos in it. So, Compass Abatement Service LLC got the lowest bid for the demo and for the abatement of the asbestos. So I move that we award the bid to Compass Abatement Service LLC for 841 River Drive with the bid of $62,016. So, but do keep in mind that if the if they get in there and determine that there is not abatement, they they were assuming <coughs> there's abatement based. I mean, asbestos based on just a visual walkthrough by the demo contractors. So, if there's not uh, if there's not abate, uh, asbestos in there, then that will only be the straight cost of the demo itself. Compass has the has 20 years of experience in removing asbestos and dealing with hazardous material. Um, straight line did not have it, but they were going to have to most likely contract that out. So that's one of the reasons why we're, we're kind of splitting the two. And the on the um, the River Drive, the uh, Compass Abatement Services out of Houston did, ha if it is just for straight demo, they did, they still the bid was still cheaper than, than the other service. So that's why we chose to go with those two. I, I don't understand why they can't determine whether there's asbestos in there or not before they go in there and start demoing these Well, well once they, I mean, the woman from Compass said, based on her visual and her years of experience working with that, 
the venting system that was used for the air HVAC system is the type that's used when there was asbestos included. But she said that doesn't always hold true. So once they get in there and they start the demo, they'll know. I mean, they'll know pretty quickly whether or not there's actually asbestos in there. So we won't, but we'll believe what they tell. And I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's hard for me to believe that they can't go in there and look at the materials or, and yeah, run and a test and say, we'll do this, on. but we're telling you, here's the asbestos. Yeah, and that's what she's basing on, was yes, there's asbestos in there. Okay. And, and Straight Line was not as confident in their, okay. since they have done, there's not as much work in, with asbestos asbestos. What kind of asbestos is it? Oh, I have no idea. Well, I mean, is it in the floor tile? That's all newer houses in sliding. It's, it's this, but this is an older house. This is the one on River Road, and it's not as new as the one. Well, it could be just, it's probably got the asbestos shingles on it. I don't know. No, not outside. But I mean, when the thing about asbestos is the testing is what costs the money. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's like when the asbestos was taken off my office over here, it cost, would have cost more money for the test than just pay them to just treat it as asbestos and haul it off. So. It's expensive to get rid of it. Okay, I got you. But I find it odd that it's in the air duct. <laughs> she was yeah. strictly going by the thing that was used. Yeah. Just from her experience of seeing houses with asbestos. I mean, we're authorizing them. Is, is it written up to where you had mentioned if they don't find asbestos, mm -hmm. then we're not paying? Yes. Right. Okay. If, if there's no asbestos, the bid is 35000 Right. I got you. Okay. And if there is asbestos, it'll be additional gotcha. 26700 yeah. added to it. So in best case scenario, it'll be the $35,316 is what it's going to cost you, which is still lower than right. straight line yes. services. Gotcha. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? Good motions. And we oh, hope that this construction right. gets, as soon as he's awarded, then, then they, they can move as, in. As soon as y'all approve, so I'll tell Tyler that it's been approved, he'll tell them and get started. We'd like to get at least these two started before the end of the year. Hopefully next week they'll be Great there. work. Great work. Mm -hmm. All in favor? Yeah. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 13. Is it 12? 12? Yeah, 12. I'm sorry. No? Yes. yes. 12. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here a report from <laughs> Mr. Moreau, Craig, our emergency management coordinator. Sorry there, Craig. No worries. Thank you. Uh, we participated yesterday, actually ended up participating as well in a Capcog uh, regional virtual function exercise. Uh, this was done to see how we would be able to uh, virtually manage a, a big disaster. This particular scenario involved a civil disturbance and uh, fires and officers getting shot and uh, drunk people on New Year's Eve. It was kind of one of those uh, worst case scenarios and went through the functionality of our virtual emergency operations uh, center and it was, a, it was really interesting to see how it all went, uh, the interoperability uh, with the different uh, counties and, and all that was uh, interesting to see. Uh, we're going more and more to that. Uh, now all of our uh, requests to stay go through WebEOC. There's different boards that are created on there and uh, it's becoming a big uh, way that emergencies are uh, managed. Uh, one of the worries I have about it though is that if the internet was down completely, uh, we would have 
virtually no functionality with it, so that's something that is going to need to be addressed. We need to have uh, high-tech solutions and also low-tech backups uh, for those solutions in almost every case. Uh, hazard mitigation plans progressing well. County and several jurisdictions completed uh, the necessary survey. Uh, went down and spoke with uh, Plutonia ISD earlier this week, helped them with some of their paperwork. Uh, on the Homeland Security uh, standpoint, uh, ended a current trends in counterfeit pills uh, because we kept getting a lot of calls to the office about this uh, rainbow fentanyl, uh, especially around Halloween and then sometimes after that it's been in the news. Uh, it's pretty eye-opening. Uh, I've given you a, a fact sheet for uh, the synthetic drugs that are, that are going around. There's basically two classes. There's drugs that people are using uh, to get high, and uh, a lot of times they don't have in them what people think they have in them. Uh, Three-fifths of the drugs out there have enough to kill with one pill. Uh, DEA has a one pill can kill campaign. Uh, the other one is, in my opinion, even more concerning, where people believe they're buying legitimate medications and they're getting uh, medications that are uh, fake and they're tainted and they have synthetic uh, medications in them. A lot of people are falling to uh, ordering their drugs online. You know, they can't afford their, their medications, so they go on and look for options. <clears throat> Some of them are legitimate, a lot of them are not. Uh, another very common problem is people who have very expensive medications uh, can source those much cheaper in Mexico than they can here. So if you're looking at 10000 a month for a medication here, uh, versus a couple hundred dollars in Mexico. Some folks will drop down and buy that medication uh, across the border. Even in the legitimate pharmacies in Mexico, there are often counterfeit drugs. Sometimes the uh, pharmacists know it, sometimes they don't. Uh, and it can be very deadly. Uh, the rainbow fentanyl itself uh, is done generally as a, um, a technique to smuggle medication. So they'll make uh, the medication, they'll make the drugs look like something else, either make it look like Tylenol or look like candy, or uh, there was a, a batch of it was going around that looked like Lego blocks, it looked like toys. There was actually um, uh, fentanyl that people were using to, to abuse. And uh, so it's uh, eye opening uh, on the, the amount of it that's going on. Uh, it's gone up over 400% over the last few years, and also how easy it is to purchase. Uh, they describe the dark web where the stuff is purchased as um, uh, illicit Amazon or eBay for bad guys. And uh, they showed the, the websites on there and it looked just as functional as you go on Amazon and say, hey, instead of buying a, a teddy bear on legitimate Amazon, you go on and buy all kind of illicit stuff uh, on, on some of these websites. The most common one is called Silk Road, but there's some other ones as well. Uh, from a public health standpoint, uh, Metal St. Mark's, uh, they're they're having high levels of ER visits, as many as 35 a day, uh, which is a very large amount for St. Mark's. Uh, primarily, it's RSV, flu, B, and COVID uh, that's coming through. Uh, this trend for them has been steady since mid-November, but many of our regional folks are saying that theirs have peaked significantly uh, over the last um, couple of weeks. I looked on the board yesterday, and uh, eight of 40 hospitals and the ER, uh, ERs in our region were on disaster status, which is the highest level. Uh, by the end of the day, uh, if that had gone up to 16, I think that fluctuates and goes back and forth, but having any ER on disaster status is not a good thing. That means they're not accepting patients, or if patients show up, they may wait hours and hours before they see a physician. It also means that the EMS providers can't offload their patients if they're on a stretcher. 
Uh, on June 6th, we're going to have an exercise with the U.S. Army 451st Civil Affairs Battalion. Uh, we have a deputy here with Bay County who is on that battalion. He um, approached us and wanted to uh, work with them, and I am very much uh, appreciative. Uh, Civil Affairs Battalion uh, will send a Black Hawk helicopter with Civil Affairs soldiers to Bay County. We're going to do a tabletop and talk about, hey, what would we need here if something went really bad, and also how can we potentially help them if, if there was a disaster? They're based out of Ellington. Uh, one of the things they're wanting to discuss is could they put 20 or 30 um, vehicles here if they were expecting a big flood because they lost a lot of their vehicles during the last flood. And so it would be a good discussion. Uh, they work uh, very closely with non-government organizations, the Cherries, uh, the rural nonprofit networking group is going to be out, and we'll kind of talk with them about uh, how our local charities can meet and how they could work together. It's going to be uh, an interesting time. Uh, the hospital emergency room thing. I mean, are you building this up? Is this, it's a disaster? I mean, we there's surely they have their triage procedures, and somebody that comes in not feeling well, takes a test, COVID, please go over there and sit down and don't breathe or sneeze on me, put your mask on, eventually see them, they send them home. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I don't know, I'm, I, I'm a little alarmed by saying that all our emergency rooms are in this disaster code. I, I, I'm not seeing that on the news or, I mean, anything else. I mean, it's not as much COVID. Uh, it's more RSV and flu A. We haven't seen any flu B uh, yet this year taking over. But even that, they seem to be processing these people. Most of them are going to the emergency room that I know of that have that stuff. They're checking them out and they're going home. So is that, I mean, and that shouldn't keep the emergency rooms from switching over to take care of a car accident where somebody's, you know, getting ready to die. Several of the, if you look in the notes for the, the different hospitals put why they're in disaster status, the most common reason is we've got people that need to be admitted and we don't have any beds to admit them, so we're holding them in the ER and that's creating a big backlog. Uh, and again, St. Mark's has not had that issue. Uh, they, this is some of the regional hospitals. But it's, it's been on the news pretty significantly in the Austin area and uh, somewhat in the Houston area, but, but not as much. And these are hospitals that we partner with, if you remember there. COVID, we, we had a very hard time transferring out patients uh, that needed to be transferred out, but we didn't have the level of care they needed because the other places were very um, were very overcrowded. I'm not recommending any action or anything. I'm just kind of yeah. keeping you guys updated on, on what that is. Okay. Hey, where are we at with the courthouse security now? Like, any updates or anything on that? Yeah, I, I don't want to discuss the specifics of what we're doing in open court, but uh, the sub's been ordered. Uh, it's all coming in. We've got a couple of uh, technological issues with the chip shortage is holding up, uh, but I'll be more than happy to share you with that uh, offline. But all the stuff is ordered and in process, and um, the stuff that we discussed previously. How, how long has it been on order? I mean, just, I mean, last month, how long has it been ordered? Because it's already it's <clears throat> December, and from January 1st, at the beginning of this year, we all started doing our work, and how, why has it taken to December? This year is almost shot, and we don't even have anything done yet. The only thing we have in place is the the constables that are doing a very good job that Jason recommended we put constables down here. We wouldn't have any security in this courthouse. I don't think this this courthouse is any more secure today other than the constables than it is a, a year or two years ago. I mean, come on, it is decent. The year is almost out and there is no cameras. We had just had a break in in here, which could have turned into something really ugly. 
I don't even know an update on that. Who's investigating this thing? Have they found anybody? How, how could somebody be able to roam around this courthouse? And I, I know very little about it. I, I haven't heard any updates, but I haven't even heard any reports on it. But if they were in Peggy Chupac's office and every other office in here, the judge's office, I mean, this that's could have been a really something. God could have started a fire and took off. I mean, how is somebody able to get in here? And why have the cameras outside? Have they, have they caught anybody? I don't think so. Are there any cameras outside? Uh, again, I don't want to discuss the exact where the cameras are in open court. I'd be happy to discuss it with you offline. We do not okay. personally own any cameras. Yeah. So why why don't we own cameras? We, they've been ordered. Uh, well, I know but it's too late now. It's too late. It's a year, Craig. Shit, I do my work in the first six months. I'm already done. Guys, you let the hazard mitigation plan ran out. You didn't order the pickup you were supposed to, and you tried to push a different truck on us. That's ridiculous. The, nothing's been secure here. I mean, come on. What? It's been a year and nothing's been done. If if I would take a year and do nothing with my budget, I wouldn't have a job. People would say, dude, you need somebody else in here that's going to get something done. You've got time to go do an interview with KV News about these hospitals, but you don't have time to sit down and order cameras? God, the 90% of the people in this courthouse are women, and they come in here, some before others get here. They don't need to be roaming around with somebody in here all night long. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that have happened here recently that there's no excuse for. Commissioner, I mean, it just uh, isn't. Uh, you made your point. I think that it might, I would suggest that you get with the emergency management coordinator after this to go into some of the more details of that, okay? When, when I mean, the stuff's in order. Has anything come in yet? We've gotten some of the stuff in, uh, not a lot of it. It should be, so, it's, so can we start putting some of that stuff in? Or are we waiting on more stuff? Or we're waiting on more stuff. Have you used everything in the budget so far for this year? A hundred thousand? Uh, I think we're going to use sixty-five thousand thereabouts. I'm waiting on the final figures, and I'm probably going to ask you to move thirty-five thousand to next year's budget. Because I remember a couple meetings back, I asked, and you said almost undoubtedly you were going to use all that money this year for security purposes on the courthouse. Mm -hmm. We have the security, the, uh, security committee, security committee, and they okay. rejected two of the more expensive things that I was planning on doing. Uh, we're do using some some very uh, low-cost alternatives to those, and that has. That has been a change based on the courthouse security committee's recommendation. Well, that thirty-five thousand has to be rebudgeted for next year because you just can't carry it over, correct? Sure. Correct. No, you can't. You have to oh, you got to rebudget it. I mean, no, that, re yeah, sure. That's I mean, she's already so. Yeah. We we approved that for next year. You can't just I carry it over. I have to bring it to the, the commissioners come the beginning of January that we're going to have to rebudget it. I have eighty-seven thousand still sitting in there that's not been used yet this year. I have two items that are, I guess, pending that if they don't make it by December 21st, we'll not get paid this year. Whose items are these? There are two of them. He presented that are uh, proposals. Oh, are they, are they uh, security? Yes. Okay. Hi. Okay. Can you get some stickers on your truck? Why don't you have stickers on your truck? You don't have, I mean, it's a county vehicle. Shouldn't it be marked as emergency management coordinator? No. You don't need them. I could see pros and cons either way. If that's something that the court would like, I'd be glad to talk to Judge Weber and see what the answer is to that. I thought all of them had to be marked unless it's law enforcement. But I, I've never seen the actual code. But I have some decals if you like. Just say Fayette County, that kind of covers everything. 
I think they should. I think our Google should be more. Your previous one was, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, well, let's get them on. People need to know who you are and what you do. Okay. Anything else? Do I have a motion? I move we accept all comments on the emergency management report. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Okay, agenda item 13. Consider take appropriate action approving contract between Colorado Valley Communication and Fayette County, Texas for fiber internet and phone lines for recycling center located at 210 Spoboda Lane, LaGrange. Okay. Um, this came from Kevin. I think it's just the original plan is about to expire, and so this will renew it, I think, right. for another three or five years. Sorry, I don't know that. We approve the contract between Colorado Communication and Fayette County for fiber, internet, and phone line for the recycling center. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 14 is considered to take appropriate action in approving contract between Databox Incorporated and Fayette County, Texas for additional network cabling at the Sheriff's Office located at 1646 North Jefferson Street, LaGrange, Texas. Is that for the CAD or was that? That's yeah, the big question is for the CAD program. But if we can pay for it for you. Yeah. I'm going to approve the contract between Data Box and Fayette County. <coughs> Cabling at the Sheriff's Office. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? <coughs> Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 15 authorize Angela Hahn, our grant specialist, to attend the 16th annual. Emergency Management Association of Texas's Leadership Symposium, February 12, 15, 2023, in San Marcos, Texas. I so move. I second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 16 is authorized, authorized Linda Schreck. Did I say that right? What? Schwerchek. She's going to kill me. <laughs> I still haven't pronounced her name right. I apologize. Linda Schwerchek, District Clerk, to attend the 2023 County and District Clerk Association Winter Conference to be held in Round Rock, Texas from January 23rd, 26, 2023. I so move. I second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Move we take a 10 minute break. Okay. Uh, second. All right. All right.
Center take appropriate action accepting and awarding bids for hauling. Okay, we had five home bids that were turned in. Um, I think the only one that was not on here for hauling was uh, 979 trunking. They did not submit one. The only one that I just don't like, I don't, I don't like the uh, fuel charge for NS trucking because it just makes it to be an accounting nightmare to try to figure out what the fuel price was at that time. And who's that on? In and S. Oh yeah, Steve Hopper. Yeah. I, I don't use them. It's up to you. I don't need it. I, I think that's going to be really hard to figure. I use out. them a bunch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had the past couple of years. So he. So this is the rate on this short haul. Yeah. But I don't understand. This doesn't, I mean, situation. he doesn't have separate. He, he doesn't have, he just, yeah, all into the yard, into the precinct. So, he he he's going to, this is just going to cost me, this is this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, so, so no matter if it's five miles or it's seven miles, that's what he's charging per turn. To your yard. Yeah. Okay. That's the cheapest one. Yeah, that's why I always use him. Oh, I mean, he has a he has a fuel charge. So, so it's not always a ton more to bring it to me than pretty something. It's a high road hill over there. Mm -hmm. Remember that when we split the money. <laughs> <laughs> so what this is saying is twelve dollars for precinct three, but then they, he's going to go ahead and if the fuel is. Three dollars and ninety cents is adding another eight percent in addition to it. Mm -hmm. well, my group, Jason, nightmare. Mm -hmm. But like I said, nine seven nine trucking Sam Tucker, which I thought some of y'all had used, did not turn in the bid. One good thing about uh, mid text is like if you need if you have a big order, yeah, he can drop trucks on you and drop it in a in a. Yeah, he can drop it on some of those, but no, I like that. Just, you got to want to knock a job out. I agree. Yeah. I move we accept all bids and award all bids for holding for 2023. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 18, consider to take appropriate action accepting awarding bids for round and arch pipe. Now, surprisingly, y'all will see contact bid. Are we able to buy from them? That was going to be my next question. <laughs> I have it, but I'm just asking. I... Didn't I get an answer from Blake when we asked him? Apparently, we had gotten some more notices 
from uh, contact on that negotiated price that we paid final bid on mm -hmm. last month. And when I asked Blake about it, Blake didn't seem to recall it. And I did not get him an answer on it. I did tell him that contact bid it. And he kind of sounded like it was more or less he didn't really want us to deal with them, but he didn't come out and say that. No. Recently, I needed a couple of 40-foot arch pipes, like I called it Wilson. And uh, they, I thought it was pretty amazing. They said, let's look back at what the bid price was, what they bid, and they honored that. And they they'd actually delivered the two pipes. They had a hot shot truck bringing the two pipes to my yard. Yeah, everything they, they did, the deliveries they, included. But they did honor the, you know, like a lot of them couldn't honor their bid prices, and they, they did, they stuck to it. What he did with us is order the lighter gauge and he said, listen, I don't have that. that that's the material I'm short on. He sold me the heavier gauge pipe, which is a better pipe for the same price. And I just, and it was just, they, they, they don't always have the best product when it comes to the big pipes, like arching them. The arch pipe. But you just work around it. But I, I have no problem with those guys. I think they do a pretty good service. I, it's, yeah. it's nice to run to Schulenberg if you need you in an emergency, you need a pipe. Exactly. It's nice to run there and pick up a pipe cell. No, now, I will tell you all this, compared to last year's bidding, it is all lower. Like last year's contact was Nice to have contact as a bid as long as they don't go up on them. I mean, right? It's what if they go up on it? They need to contact us, not like the discrepancy we had last time, right? So, yeah, but we accept all bids and award all bids for round and arch pipe for 2023. Is there a second? Second, any further discussion? All in favor, aye, uh, all opposed. Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 19, consider taking appropriate action in accepting and awarding all bids for fuel. Um, now, if you'll see, Luke, we did not get a bid in from Tri-County. We did get bids in from Patriot and Smith. And pretty much overall, uh, Schmitz went down. They were 0.27 last year. They went down to 0.23 for Precinct 1, Sheriff and EMS. Patriot stayed the same pretty much overall. Um, Patriot went down on precinct twos. Smith went down on threes. It's pretty much the same, it looks like. And then the regional airport looks like about the same, just about almost last year, except Smith went down. It did work out. It was a little confusing at first from the beginning, but I think it's worked out pretty well using both Schmidt and Patriot. Well, I, I know Sheriff's Sheriff Department uses Patriot faithfully. Mm -hmm. I use uh, Schmidt and Son, and I mean, they're actually they're the cheapest bid by far of anybody, and they're really easy to work with. I mean, I haven't had any issues at all with them. Um, They've got one in house on that. And you, yeah. And 
Patriots have houses. Yeah, yeah. and but they do. They have a warehouse now in Hallisville. They both do. Really? Mm -hmm. I believe they're both I good the, people to work with. Except all bids for fuel and award all bids for fuel. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 20, consider and take appropriate action accepting our requests for proposals and or awarding requests for financial auditing services for fiscal year ending 2022, 2023, and 2024. Okay. I have sent it in the newspaper, and I have sent it out to Buyer out of Pleasanton, to Seidel out of Brenham. Buyer out of Pleasanton is no longer in business. They shut down their farm and sold it. That's the ones that Austin County was using. By, uh, Seidel and Brenham, I sent it to her twice, never got a reply back. Trillishek is, if you see through the notice that he had on his, he's currently negotiating a sale of his audit practice to Stevenson, LeGrand, and File out of Wharton and El Campbell. However, him and Renee will stay on and continue to work with them. <coughs> him and Renee may be the ones that audit ours, but also Stevenson <coughs> and LeGrand may come in to do part of the auditing. Um, as you can tell, the prices for uh, first year is $29,000 and then $7,000 for the single audit, which we will most likely always have from now on. Um, and then the next year it goes up to $29,870 and then 2024 to $30,760 with the option after those three years of signing on for another two years. During the bid, I did ask for them to also taking consideration that we wanted to do internal audits of various departments. Um, Stevenson had proposed 1500 per department. That's going over a three year period because they think it will take 10 to 15 hours. Trillishek is still gonna keep his accounting firm in and he has proposed to do the internal department audits from 1000 to 1200. Um, I have not, I have sent this contract over to Blake yesterday because I got it in yesterday for him to read it. He's not had a chance to yet. It is up to y'all. Y'all, this is the only bid that I got in. If y'all want me to go back out to try and read some more or if we want to table it and wait till Blake reads it and see what's all in here and if everything's on above. Um, where is this Schmidt and Sons from? No. Oh. No, I'm not Schmidt and Sons. Stevenson. They are from Stevenson. That's their state rep. Phil Stevenson, remember? That's who you're. Phil Stevenson is part owner did of this. You, did Seidel? Did you go out with this? I sent her done? twice. I sent her a notice of it, and she did not reply back. Okay. My, my only. And I'll throw this out there is I think it's time to get another set of eyes, mm -hmm. uh, particularly doing internal audits. We've had the same auditor doing it for 20 something years, as not in my mind, or how many years is, uh, so I don't know. I'm disappointed that we only got one bid. Two, one bid. Is there, can we go back out and try to get some more? There's, I know there's companies out there 
to do these for counties and, and want to do them. But is there a timeline on that? We have I just kind of like to have something at least by the beginning of the next year so we know who we're working with. Because, like, the problem I ran in this past year was the fact that when I sent out for bids, I didn't get anybody that could take it other than Trollship. Um, when talking with Greg, a lot of what's happening is your rural, smaller auditing firms are getting phased out because of the government uh, mandates that they have to meet. They have to do a peer review. Uh, every year and they're having to meet it and it's a lot of work through it plus I'm not sure about the insurance it takes to do this so it's leading more and more that you're looking at having to hire firms from bigger cities which then that cost you know like 60000 is about what Billy told me from Austin County that you're looking at them from these places you know they're, they're going up and that's what's going to end up costing us which you know 30 versus 60 is a big amount I agree we need to, you know, another set of eyes. I don't know if we're going with this there's firm. No, there's no CTA or auditing firms in Branham, Giddings. Uh, and, and like uh, I said, I reached out to Michelle. I reached out to Michelle twice mm -hmm. from Branham and no reply from her at all. Okay. Um, and I don't know that doing this auditing with Stevenson, if that means Greg's going to do it, or if Scott Stevenson would be the one that would come in and do it. Why would Greg do it? Greg, would, Greg is still going to be working for them. And Renee. Judge, um, when I first started, I, you know, going to conferences and stuff, they were saying how the county clerk's offices, everybody gets audited. And so I had looked into it, and I have some names, but yes, they're from somewhere else. But I think in this point in time, since we've never, I mean, I, I'm assuming my office has been audited outside of anything here. It would be worth spending a little bit more money for that first audit. Let's get on the right, get on the right schedule because I know that there's got to be things that need to be looked at by auditors that specialize in county clerk offices and all these different ones. And I do have a list, and, and I did bring. Well, it that's in the proposal for them I to do outside auditing of y'all's departments. So a 47 I different departments you? is in this proposal to all the auditors. Well, I we don't count. have 47 departments. Do you? Count all the JPs. Count. Are you count those departments. That's a department. That right. each one of them would have to be audited. You got your sheriff. You got your county clerk. You got your district clerk. Uh, in in addition, when I sent this out, you got a separate contract that goes to the probation probation and a separate contract that the juvenile probation has, they have to have separate audits outside of ours. So that's another two. Right. Um, but yes, I have, you know, when I sent this out, I sent it out with the intention of doing outside audits, giving them three years to do that. Have you discussed this, some of your, your um, these people? When I first started, potential, um, I did. We talked about it, but you just never what, what, have you got any feedback from your county clerk, fellow county clerks, on who they use? Yes, and that's staff? where I got my list from because they said they were getting audited every three years, and every every year different. They just did these three departments, and then those three, and those three. I mean, yeah. so it kind of was like on a three. So year. these are the real. I mean, the the larger counties. These the, are the county auditors are auditing the departments. We don't have that capability. That's why we're going out for these experiments. No, they have outside the county. And oh, so they're using outside ones, but, but I'm saying the larger counties, the 
county auditors has auditors that right, do right. that. We don't. So. Right. And so I, you know, I haven't looked into it now in the last three years, so I know I can put it out there and I can get names because I have names in my office right now. I have a folder with those names that they recommended that they, you know, do real well with. So I can definitely get that to somebody. And I've checked with like Billy out of Austin County who he's using. Like I said, I reached out to the one he was using. Well, that guy sold his firm. Who's he using? He was using Buyer out of Pleasanton. Who's he using now? He's got to find one because I just called him this week. He said, yeah, I just got notice of that. So he's got to go out for RFPs too. Yeah. Now, when I do have this proposal, it was with the understanding that when they go out and do the audit teams, one or two of my girls from the office will be assisting them and observing how they do it so we can continue to do our audits. <clears throat> what do they look for in an audit? I mean, I'm just curious. I mean, like, just if. Just a minor thing when we did it a couple of years ago with Kathy and I, it was mainly are you depositing your deposits on time? How are you handling your cash? Do you keep cash there? Are you having a petty cash which you shouldn't have? Are you doing your uh, reports and balancing it on a daily basis? How are you turning it into our office? Those were just the JPs was done, the county clerk was done, the district clerk was done. We did not do the tax assessor collector because we weren't sure about how to go about with that with the state. And mind you, this was probably five or six years ago that that was done. So I agree, it all needs to be done. There's been a lot of changes in these departments, but it's finding a firm and I, I mean I don't mind going back out again I just need to you know versus you may be looking just to keep in mind it may not be a $30,000 bill it may be a $60,000 bill and then that's not counting the single audit so. are the cards is over 100 grand we just paid that <clears throat> but I think we need to give it a little more shot and go out well, there's two different things here. There's, there's the internal audits, and then there's the, the whole, the year-end audit. I mean, they pretty much, we went out for bid. Nobody, this is the only person came back. Yeah. It, was I mean, it was sent to other people. It was sent to Seidel. Yeah. Even made contact with them. Nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, I almost say you approve the, for the, for the year-end audit and the single audit, and then the independent audits, then we get some more information and go out for bid with the, for the, with the independent audits and get some more people, and it's gonna take calling a lot of counties and seeing who they use. Uh, okay, so like in this proposal. I mean, they put it in here for that, but. Well, and that was part of the proposal when I sent it out, was to do independent audits. Um, <coughs> So if we're wanting to go with someone else for independent audits, then I don't know that we can accept this proposal. Which like I said, I don't mind going back out. I just <coughs> yeah, you're the only person to do it. And no. I mean you you go out for bid again, here's the problem. Everybody knows their bid. Treats the whole purpose of the bid. Yeah. <clears throat> and I definitely reached out to and I know she got the um, email I sent her because I got a red reply back twice from her that she read it. Michelle outside of um, I know that the one that um, 
Billy told me from Austin County, the one that he has used from Waco, I think it was Waco, that was the one that had done the auditing while they had the issue that came up with their county auditor and their assistant that wasn't paying the federal taxes over there. He will not use them again because they did not catch that during the audits. And I've kind of reached out. I have not reached out to Lee, I mean to Jared at Lee County to see who he uses. The problem becomes if you go back out and these people say, you know what, they didn't like my first one, I'm not going to redid it. Then we're stuck with zero bids. Well, then, and then I don't know how that works too because you don't have any bids and pretty much use whatever you want, but you already got a bid and you rejected it. So that That's, comes yeah. out the other two. Now, and I'm assuming, and you know, it says Stevenson LeGrand had done City of LaGrange, but I know that was Trillishek and CAD, but I know that was also Trillishek. I believe that did those. What's the relationship again with Trillishek? He is selling, he's worked with this firm for a long time, and he is now negotiating to sell the auditing practice of his Trillishek and company to the Stevenson. LeBron and Father. They're still in the face. But then he will continue to work for them as one of their main auditors. So yes, it may be him with those set of eyes. And and yes, I've talked to some of them and someone else that has dealt with him on some of their auditing says, yeah, they think he kind of maybe rubber stamps some things. And I know we're wanting a new set of eyes, but I mean, I can put a filler out to Houseville and see who she uses, to Lee County, see who they use. I know Columbus is out looking, Colorado County is out looking for one too. I mean, we could defer this and see what I do. Why don't we defer it and see what kind of more options are with some advice from our county attorney on. And, and that was it, he's like said he hadn't had a chance to read it yet to see and I have no problem deferring it. I kind of was hoping to get more this time around, but. We defer to the next meeting. I move we defer, we defer item number 20 to the next commissioner's court meeting. Is there a second? Second. Is there any <coughs> further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 21 concerning take appropriate action concerning approving the payment of currently due Fayette County bills and expenses. Okay, so the bills we have that were on, out of our ordinary was our ARP funds. We did use quite a bit on there. We did the data box for the uh, phone system for the various departments. That was $52,896.66. We had the fence for the ARP grant for the antenna tower at $4,839.29. The $8,000 for the building for the radio equipment is a reissue because it got lost in the mail. So the $8,000 was something that had already done been approved, but we had to void that check and reissue it. And then the mannequin for EMS to Foundry. $14,174.97, and then there was a few other various ARP ones. Then we had to uh, Carmine Bank, 
which was paying uh, precinct one's uh, part on that got paid off. <coughs> it was for $57,942.68, and that was for the payment for the lease for the tractor and the motor for precinct one and three. Uh, precinct three had RES construction for Zervich $16,400, that was another draw on that. Then we had Southwest Filing, uh, which came out of the County Public Records Management for their plat cabinet for $7,265.58. And then we had to Axon Administration for paying for three paramedic school um, Employee for employees that are studying to do the paramedic school, that was a total of twenty-four thousand. That is covered by a grant from CATRAC that will receive the funding in November. And then we had um, two VTEC construction for remodeling in the Main Street annex, the uh, tax assessor collector side. It was draw one twenty-eight thousand five hundred. Any questions? I believe on the uh, Zurovich bridge we're doing, we've got the final payment is around $5,000 something dollars. He just paid for his concrete report last week. So hopefully in a couple of weeks, it'll be open and we'll get that road open. It's a dead end lane is the problem with the So we've got a, we've got to have an excess around it. So as soon as we can get it open, uh, but that whole bridge was around 40 grand. And that also went for, for our bridge match for one of our textile bridges. So. <clears throat> And we did get the rest of the funding in from tech stock for little roads that we were still waiting on for yeah. you and you. That went in, it came in in November. It is being uh, posted, and once I close out the month of November, y'all will have that in y'all's funding. Good. And the Muldoon Courthouse is coming along <coughs> really close to. Are we completely through now with the Founders Park? No, they have, no, they, I mean, they, <clears throat> we still hold, um, I think it's a 10%, what do you call that, with the um, retainage. retainage, but they have it, we're waiting on, on them, they it's, it's minor, it's, okay. I mean, it's the, yeah. the gate in the back, uh, yeah. really, that's, that's about, about it. it, there's an issue with the water faucet, but Stephen's already talked to them about it, under warranty, they're going to fix the water faucet, I think it's running. And I'll check with Mr. Hanks waiting for the sign. They, we have one being made right now, and it, it's been almost two weeks. He said about two weeks we'll have it made. We need to says who it's been sponsored by. So I'll go check with him when I leave to see if it's in. But he said he would send us some of the kids. So. Now, I will say VTEC moved pretty quick on the Main Street Annex. It's looking good from what I've looked at. The only thing that seems to be over there waiting on is the electrician. Mm -hmm. But they're. I'm going to tell you what, they were a lot nicer group over there, even though we've not had to deal with them. They've cleaned up after themselves, they've moved through there quickly, and looks like they're doing a really good job. I move we pay the currently due county bills and expenses. Is there second? Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All Opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Do I have another motion? Move we adjourn. Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously.